0: Good evening everyone and a blessed solemnity uh, to you all my friends and the, the solemnity of all saints um, uh, is really the church's, one of the church's great family celebrations and uh, uh, we are joyfully united with all of our brothers and sisters throughout the world of course and right're uh, here in our own archdiocese but we are also united uh, with our brothers and sisters that we uh, pay tribute to the saints. The saints, though um, in heaven, are not far away from us. They are with God. And one of the saints in Saint Arrhenius said, and if God is everywhere, and he is, and they are with him, then they cannot be very far away from us. Hmm? My friends, one of the things I like to think about the saints is that Uh, where they are because they are so close to God that they begin to understand us. So uh, I remember one time Grandma on my dad's side said, "Uh, I don't understand (laughs) Marquitos." Now she does. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I mean. Now they understand. They wish us well. In heaven, they know not hate. They do not know pain. They do not know suffering. They know joy and peace and love. That is heaven. So they wish us well. And with God's grace, they help us. They show us the right path and encourage and guide us in happiness. In them, in them, the Heavenly Father's love makes Himself more manifest and approachable, so tangible. Today, then, let us join them in thanking God, who loves us in his beloved Son, Jesus, and makes us his own children in his Son, Jesus. Together with the saints, let us listen to the voice of Christ, then, who promises happiness and shows us the way to reach it, My friends, the saints walk this path and invite us to do likewise with an ever deepening trust and confidence in God the Father. Today's gospel expresses such a path to Christian happiness. My friends, clearly, um, what it is not, I can tell you what is this beatitude of Jesus? It's a homily. He gave it on a mountain, and it is a homily. Or uh, for any our officer, Mike was Protestant, a sermon. And uh, uh, it is not the commandments. They're not even really precepts, they're kind of an encouragement. Blessed are you when this happens to you. And this is surprising. But what it does, it helps us to see more clearly what true happiness is and how it can only be found where the world does not look for it. The world says, blessed are the rich, for they can use their wealth to satisfy all their desires. No, I'm not talking about all the rich. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll get in big trouble, won't I? But Jesus says, blessed are the poor. The world says, blessed are the strong, And those who can command violence, for they can impose their will on others and make them do what they want them to do. But Jesus says, Blessed are the meek. There can be no greater contrast between these two perspectives Jesus' view of the world and the world's view of itself. Which makes more sense to you, the world's perspective? Or Jesus our faith tells us that Jesus is the one whose view makes the most sense but if we're going to be honest we struggle with it in reality Beatitudes are not um, they are not a simple proclamation of truth but also an invitation to conversion and this is why we struggle with it Jesus urges us to abandon our old notions and welcome his point of view He invites us to abandon our tendency towards selfishness and greed and find in him joy and peace of being true and generous and gratuitous with our forgiveness and our love, just as the Father is. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. My friends, one of the things that I've learned in time greed has the ability to separate us from others. It makes us restless, and it certainly has attributed to a culture of legal uh, litigation, not for the sake of justice, but for wealth. I'm going to sue you, and I'm going to take your business away, and I'm going to take your home away, and I'm going to take your car, and I'm going to take your retirement. I've heard that. And you want justice? I don't care about that. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Friends, if you didn't notice, Jesus uses verbs that are in the present tense, not in the future. Jesus does not say that the poor will be blessed sometime in the future, or that in the future they will possess. He says, blessed are you now, for yours is the kingdom. He's talking about it now. The poor then are already blessed because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of love and that comes from God and into which uh, enter all those who renounce greed and selfishness. If we see the world as containing so many things that we must have, we close ourselves to so much of God's grace. Perhaps failing to recognize God's intention, that everything assists us now in living out Christian charity and Christian hope and Christian love. That leads to holiness. Evangelical poverty, I don't mean evangelical the Christian faith, and I'm about evangelical poverty, holy poverty, uh, does not consist in having nothing. St. Francis might argue with me (laughs) on that. (laughs) He might argue with me. I'm going to bring him up a little bit later. But uh, that type of poverty is not consistent in having nothing, but rather in receiving everything and seeing everything as gift from the Father and a means of entering into a healthy communion with other people. Sharing. Charity. Perhaps we should not think of ourselves as absolute masters of things, but instead let us consider the world as a house where everything is a sign of the Father's love for us. He created it all out of love for you. One saint, as I said, that I wanted to speak about was St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, He may argue with most of my homily, (laughs) and that's okay. I'm not going to pick a fight with him. He's a saint. Uh, But St. Francis of Assisi, um, so much uh, in his life and his soul was filled with so much admiration and gratitude for all that God had done. So then for him, naturally, uh, it led to him also being filled with so much love and so much charity and so much peace for everyone, And everything. I mean, not only people but animals. And I would laugh because oh, Father Saint Francis would let the would let the donkey come into the sanctuary, and I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm not going to let that happen. They can stay outside. (laughs) But yeah, you know, professors. Oh, you're gonna you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not Saint Francis. (laughs) But he had so much. He was filled with so much peace and so much love and exuded it. He loved everything. I can just picture him running up to the tree. I love you. Because <laughs> he had so much of it, he just poured it out. You can imagine? I mean, he wrote the canticle, right? And he spoke about everything, the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the water, everything. He just loved everything. He was in love with everything, and mostly in love with God. And because he, was, uh, he himself was poor in spirit, Uh, and that provided the opportunity for him to be free to love generously everyone and everything in Christ. And he is one of the multitude of saints. The saints knew that they had a destiny beyond the limits of this world. They knew they had a spectacular future that the world could never give them. Being a child of God, being a part of Christ's mission, and having an eternal future then with Christ are the truths that are linked to all of our saints. All Saints Day gives glory to God for all that God has done. And it teaches us that holiness, and here's what's crucial, it teaches us, they teach us that holiness is possible for anyone because of God. And his grace and his love. Like the saints, we in baptism are God's children. There comes a time when, as a church, we must step back and consider all the saints and what they mean for us today. The multitude of the saints are not just part of our past, they are our future. They are not just a series of little side notes in the church's history. They are the community in which we hope to one day be part of in heaven. They provide not just a calendar of random days, and they do, though, uh, on which we remember this or that one. They remind us that all of our days are opportunities to proclaim the salvation of Jesus Christ as we hear in the first letter of John. What we shall be has not been revealed. That is so true, but we have a glimpse of what it can be because of this great multitude that John saw of the saints dressed in white. We will survive times of great distress, as the text tells us. We will survive 2020. And then as a community of believers, we shall gather with all the company of heaven and rejoice in the greatest celebration ever. The story of our lives, too, will be told as they really are, as proclaiming the salvation of the Lord. You are his children. So I leave you with a question. Are you willing, like the saints, to live out that amazing and life-changing truth that you are his children? If you would come to accept and believe this with all your heart, that you are his children. You are already a saint. We will survive 2020. All of it. From no toilet paper (laughs) to no eating in restaurants to the madness of politics. We'll survive it. We'll survive it. My friends, uh, uh, Monday is the commemoration of all the faithful departed. It is not a solemnity. It's not a holy day of obligation. Um, uh, but it is a very important day for Roman Catholics and Orthodox Christians throughout the world when we remember our our loved ones who have left this world. And uh, um, we have Mass at 9 a.m. on Monday in commemoration of all the faithful departed. We'll have the in memoriam, candles lit. Um, if you have not yet registered, I don't think you'll be able to come. It's, when I understand we're full. And uh, uh, some outdoor seating. There'll be outdoor seating. Uh, in uh, just a, a short time after Mass, uh, we will have, um, is this being recorded? It is, isn't it? We will have a Concert. <laughs> we are going to have a choral meditation on the occasion of all souls. So, uh, Deborah Jop, our music director, and Beth and uh, Charlie Highstand, Dr. Charlie, will be uh, here and they're going to uh, lead us in beautiful music uh, commemorating all the faithful departed, giving God glory, and singing hymns. So when you come, if you're already reserved to come on Monday to Mass, uh, I suspect you'll just stay for the for the choral meditation for the concert, which will be beautiful. My, friends, my understanding, and uh, I know Officer Mike is here. Um, on Tuesday, we have a very important uh, day in our country, um, which would be uh, the election of the next president. And um, my understanding is is that uh, all first responders, medical teams, and uh, are all on uh, alert, kinda. Uh, for any possible nuttiness and people either celebrating or being crazy. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's a good time always to pray. We pray uh, out of an abundance of caution. Um, I thought to have the church open uh, for the evening, but uh, it's probably best that everyone stay home Um uh, Uh, I don't think there's going to be any results Tuesday night. Well, I'm sure all the news people are going to be prophets at that time and and tell us uh, who won, but I don't think there will be any results. But let us pray for peace in our country. Let us pray pray that we uh, remember that we are all brothers and sisters uh, and that um, we need to have uh, peace and tolerance. And um, we pray for um, whatever is to be on Tuesday, but uh, don't lose your minds, and don't pick fights with your family members, <laughs> stay peaceful, pray, church will be open till 5 p.m., you can come here and pray, and then uh, stay at home and enjoy a meal with your family, hopefully you've voted by then, or if not, you'll vote on Tuesday, okay?